And we're back. My name's Father Tim Smith. And I'm Thomas Escrow. And we are here on Real Presence Live, proclaiming the truth of our Catholic faith and the glory of Jesus Christ resurrected from the dead, bringing us the hope of eternal life and salvation. Thomas, I was talking earlier about how I'm a fall person. I really enjoy the fall weather, seeing the migrating geese uh, that are coming through the air and, and farmers working in the field. It just it makes my spirit soar. Uh, and again, uh, not, I enjoy all, all of God's creation, but particularly just to see everything active and changing. I mean, uh, it, it's a beautiful time of year. You mentioned about raking leaves with your kids. I mean, the beauty of creation is fully alive, uh, even in this time of transition. And mm. there's a preface in one of the, the Eucharistic prayers um, in ordinary time for creation. It's like uh, preface number five, I think. And I, I prayed that on Sunday at the Masses just because it talks about the changing of times and seasons and, and how much we lift up our hearts to that. And uh, that's just some of the things about how even the prayers of the Mass really touch my life. And uh, These are things a, a priest would know that a lay person, but I would never know that it was preface number five. That, but I'm sure I've heard the prayer all my life and would probably recognize it. But yeah, it's such a beautiful time, time of year. Um, Father Smith and I were actually both helped out at uh, a retreat that Roncalli High School had done for their 10th graders these past two days. And it was just glorious day yesterday and they they get away to a youth camp out by richmond lake uh, where they you know stay in a bunkhouse and and i was able to give a talk and father was there to offer confessions and adoration one night it was just a beautiful experience a wonderful experience of 12 young men coming together uh, to learn more about their faith to learn more about god what it means to be a man in this world and to hear a message that goes against the culture um that they're immersed in, you know, our world today is, is, uh, more and more becoming a post-Christian society where the, the message that they're getting is that you can be happy apart from God. You can be happy through, um, through the achievement of wealth or power, honor or pleasure. And just to have a time and a space carved away to take them away from the culture and tell them, God is the only one that can bring you true fulfillment and true happiness. And here's what it looks like to be a disciple of Christ and to try to help these young men and call them as, as Christ called the 12. I told them there was 12, 12 of us sitting around. And I was like, there was 12 guys sitting around Jesus and they changed the whole world. I think God's calling these 12 men to change the whole world as well. So it was a great experience. I pray for those 12 guys, uh, 10th graders at Roncalli High School and um, and then just in gratitude for the work of Roncalli, which would be, uh, wouldn't be possible without the work of people like, uh, uh, Roncalli nearly new. And, um, so yeah, it just takes the whole community. It is a beautiful time. And Tom, I, as coming back from the retreat with those, uh, those young men and, and their leaders and, and the fathers that were there helping out with the retreat just conjured in my memory other years in the past. This time of year, I've been on confirmation retreats. I've had times of prayer, uh, you know, adoration and prayer, uh, reconciliation with our young people. And just these are pivotal times in our life and, and, and strengthen us in the life of faith as we, you know, continue to live this, this glory of God and, and just giving him thanks for all the blessings he does in our life. Um, you know, this is our call-in segment on Real Presence Live, so I want to encourage any of our listeners, if you have a question about the Catholic faith, uh, if you have a question about uh, retreats, if you have a question about that, uh, give us a call at 
877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. My name is Father Tim Smith, and I'm joined with Thomas Escrow. Thomas is uh, Director of Evangelization here at Sacred Heart Parish, and so maybe you have questions about sharing the faith. That's Thomas's alley, you know. <laughs> he, he, Him and his family and his wife and chill, kids, they, they live, they want to share the Catholic faith, and sometimes, you know, a perspective of a priest or of a layman about how we live as evangelizers, uh, give us a call, 877-795-0122. And maybe you're not able to call in, but you're close to a computer or to your phone. You can also submit your question or comment to us on Facebook. So you can find and, and search for Real Presence Radio Network, and you can even just submit your question on, on the Facebook that way. Um, if you're not able to call in, we'd love to hear from you. Again, the number is 877-795-0122. All right. Well, you know, we're uh, continuing to see how the Lord is, you know, working in our lives. You know, Tom, at that retreat, we had Eucharistic adoration for those guys the other night, and I was able to uh, have... We're Real Presence Radio. We believe in the real presence of Jesus and the Holy Eucharist, the mm-hmm. sacrament of Holy Communion, and the practice of adoring Jesus. We talk about that. Now, we had our week of the Eucharist this summer here on Real Presence Radio, where we talked about uh, how Jesus is present for us in this great sacrament and this time of adoration where we play our, place ourselves in the presence of Jesus and the Holy Eucharist for adoration. And You know, the Eucharist plays such an important part in the lives of the faithful. You know, for me, uh, I'm actually, I'm a Catholic priest, but I was not always Catholic. I I was a convert to the Catholic faith in my late 20s um, as a businessman. But one of the witnesses to me into the beauty of the Catholic faith and the the truth of Jesus' presence in the Eucharist was Eucharistic adoration, that I had friends that I was in a Bible study with, men who lived their faith and shared their faith, and they were devoted to hours of Eucharistic adoration. And they they exposed me and brought me into this time of prayer in the presence of the Eucharist. And I know here in our, our listening area, here in Aberdeen, we have Eucharistic adoration here at St. Luke's Hospital, and, and there's adoration chapels around our listening area here on Real Presence Radio. Um, you know, the Eucharist plays such a vital role in people's life of faith. Tom, how has this? How have you seen this in your work with evangelizing and, and sharing the faith with other people? Well, I think it's so critical um, to to have a true devotion to the Eucharist and have a devotion to prayer. Oftentimes we think about evangelization as being very extroverted, like to go out and to talk to people. But there's a, there's a little quip that rings true that you can't give what you don't have. And first of all, and... Um, I'm reading this book right now called The Soul of the Apostolate. It's called, It's talking about this, that if we don't pay attention to our own interior life, um, to our own prayer life, our own connection with God, how can you give what you do not have? And I think adoration is such a beautiful, and it's, we're blessed to be in a community that has perpetual adoration here in Aberdeen, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at St. Luke's Hospital. Even above that, on Thursdays, we have adoration here at Sacred Heart um, throughout the day. And so there's multiple opportunities and ways that Christ is present um, and waiting for you and waiting and desiring to deepen your prayer life so that you can deepen your relationship with him. We have a listener question here um, who wrote in um, regarding plenary indulgences. One of the requirements to receive a plenary indulgence is to not have an attachment to sin. Otherwise it becomes a partial indulgence. My question is, what if the plenary indulgence is directed to the souls in purgatory? Do they have an attachment 
to sin? If they don't, are they able to receive the full plenary indulgence, even though we are fulfilling the other requirements for receiving it? Well, that's a great question. And uh, this would be... uh this question on, in general, on uh, partial or plenary indulgences, uh, prior to the Second Vatican Council, there were all these indulgence prayers that, that existed in the life of the Church. And uh, this beautiful practice in the life of Catholic faith. We talk about our works of prayer, that these are, there are works of prayer, whether we're, we're praying, that these have merit, they're meritorious. And so that the what we do, that our, we believe in faith, we're Catholic, both our faith you know, this gets in the conversation when we talk about indulgences with maybe our non-Catholic listeners who may have misunderstandings about indulgences. But right now in the life of the Catholic faith, we understand indulgences in just two ways. So it's been simplified for us a little bit, either a partial indulgence or a plenary indulgence. And that plenary indulgence is basically that this this sanctifying work, this work of sanctification, that the merits of that. So let's say Tom rakes my lawn for me, and that mer- is merited $10. And I say, Tom, you've, mer- you've raked my lawn. I'm going to give you $10. And he said, you know what? Take that $10 and go give it to so- some charitable cause. And he's basically offering up the merit of that work he did for something good. So we think about this matter of indulgence. That's a way of analogy to think about this. So let's say... Um, you know, I pray, Tom prays a rosary and that beautiful work of sanctification of holiness of those prayers that, that, that helps. He says, I'm praying this rosary and, and I've also done this work and I've prayed this certain list of prayers and I'm doing that for the sake of sanctification of souls. And I want whatever merits of that to be applied to uh, the poor souls in purgatory. We have All Souls Day, which is coming up here on this Saturday. And this is a day we remind ourselves to pray for all those souls who have gone into their eternal rest. And of course, we know that people uh, go to their go to their grave with all sorts of states of life and conditions. And so we're called to pray for those souls and pray that they would be purified to enter the heavenly glory, to be united with God in all his glory and perfection. And so the great grace of these idea of indulgences is that be the grace would be applied to them. So the, in order to, one to merit a plenary indulgence, there are certain stipulations. And one of the things that the question asked is uh, if they don't have an attachment to sin. Well, so let's say you want to offer up a work, you know, the person who is doing the work of prayer. So let's say this listener said, I I did this specific uh, work of prayer. I offered up three prayers for the intentions of the Holy Father, and I would like that to be applied for the souls in purgatory. It's my understanding that you are the one who is performing an action, and you are the one who, who has agency over your own will and your intellect. And so that would presume that you have uh, done your part. Maybe you've gone to the sacrament of confession. You have repented from any attachments in your life because you have no agency or will over the souls of all those who have gone to their eternal rest. You're offering that that work of grace, that hmm. work of prayer, that work of, of, of sanctification for the sake of the souls of other people. And uh, this can get really interesting if you want to talk more about those of us who have done consecrations to the Blessed Virgin Mary, and we give her all all that we do and all that we have without exception. Um, And maybe we prayed certain prayers of consecration. 
I've done that several times. Every year, I'm about ready to do another consecration of the Blessed Virgin Mary. For me, I just let Mary take care of whatever souls and all of creation that need care. Mm-hmm. And so all the works of prayer and sanctification I do that are not intended for a particular mass intention or something, all of those are applied. And I just say, Mary, you're Jesus's mother. You're the queen of grace. You're free from original sin. You're the queen of heaven and earth. You'll be able to take care of that, and you'll find those merits, and you'll apply it to those souls in most need of thy mercy. So, a uh, great question, but there's always more, and there's even books on indulgences, and you can get those at great Catholic booksellers like the Mustard Seed in Sioux Falls or in Rapid City or in other great Catholic stores, whether it's the, any of those sponsors we have on Real Presence Radio, where you can learn more about this great teaching on indulgences, how they work, and how our works of prayer and faith unite us to Jesus more closely They help us be become holy, and they help us share God's life of holiness with other people as well. Thank you, Father. Uh, Again, this is our call-in segment on Real Presence Live. If you have a question that you would like to call in and ask, uh, we have Father Tim Smith here this morning answering questions. Please call in at 877-795-0122. Again, 877-795-0122. And if you're not able to call in but still have a question, you can submit your question on Facebook. Uh, just search for Real Presence Radio Network and you can submit your question right there on Facebook as well. So multiple avenues for you to get your questions in uh, to Father Tim Smith and I'm Thomas Escrow. And Father Tim, I am grateful that you are here because even though I've heard and I've read about indulgences, man, it's hard to come up with the information off the top of your tongue when you're on live radio. So that was, that was really well done. Well, give God the glory. And the other thing is, there's probably 10 priests right now listening who are like, well, I want to answer it that way, Father Smith. And to my brothers listening, or even the canon lawyers, or even other evangelizers, there is, you know, uh, we do our best to provide answers. But the other thing is, the great thing of this, like we have the Catechism of the Catholic Church, we have these great learning resources, Bible commentaries on the scriptures given to us by great scholars like Scott Hahn and, and people from Ascension Press or these other great resources we have in our faith. And our biggest goal as evangelizers, and you too, Thomas, as you teach the faith and the life of the parish, is that we want to connect people with these great resources, that there's always more to know. That the life of a Catholic is a life of lifelong learning, that we always can learn more. And one of the things I was always provoked by were there was a retirement community of priests when I lived in St. Paul, Minnesota, at St. Paul Seminary. And these were priests who had served in priestly ministry for 60 years and now they were entering the 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 twilight years of their life you know 85 95 years old and some of them continued to spend their days reading the scriptures reading books on Catholic truth and doctrine, reading the Summa Theologiae, because they recognize, even in their later life, that they're still hungry for truth. They have that knowledge to know more about God. And the more that they sought that, even in their later years, the more that they read and and, and Mm -hmm. sought to know more about God, that they were preparing themselves for heaven even in their later parts, because we'll be united to the source of all truth and the source of all knowing. And so God as truth revealed to us is such a beautiful witness. And so I want to encourage all our listeners, get those library cards out and and get that book out. Maybe you have a stack of them, but take that time 
to to enter into some intellectual formation for yourself and uh, do it with others if you feel like it's overwhelming on your own get together with that group in your parish do that bible study be involved go on formed.org on your parish and watch some of those faith formation videos do the things that will stimulate your intellectual faith because you know we can only that these are things jesus wants us to know about himself he's revealed to us in the scriptures but also in tradition and so take that opportunity to learn these things you know uh, one great way that you can do that on top of all the examples that Father Smith gave you is to listen to EWTN or watch EWTN on your TV right here at Real Presence Radio, um, broadcasting all kinds of things. And the thing that I found in my life is that you you have a question or you start to listen, you start to gain knowledge, you start to sort of fill that hunger for truth that we've all been, uh, has been built into us by our creator. You know what I found is that my hunger grew, <laughs> that uh, you start to learn and you start and you know it's true because it just makes sense and you want to know more and I want to know more and you start just like having this deep hunger that goes on and on and what you find is that the faith is so much deeper than the maybe the five, six years of catechesis I got as a little kid. And uh, yeah, you truly start to realize that being a Catholic means a life of lifelong learning, that God is constantly revealing himself to us in ways um, that we don't even recognize all the time, but he's always beckoning and calling us deeper. Father, we have another question here. Can you speak about All Souls Day coming up, like you said, this Saturday? And how can we honor those who have gone before us on this day? Well, that's a great, great, uh, you know, question. And so this Saturday, the day after All Saints Day in our parishes, so it would probably be Saturday morning Mass at your local Catholic church will be the, the day that we pray for the souls of the dead. And so at times, uh, the vestiture can vary on how, depending on your parish, you know, uh, they could wear uh, black, purple, or violet or white my uh, vestiture that the priest could wear and in my parish holy cross in ipswich will be wearing black vestments to symbolize the fact that we're praying for the souls of the faithful departed that they would be bring in, brought into god's glory that they would be purified that they would be tried like gold in the fire so that they could be united to god in all eternity in heaven and so th- there's a great uh in our time, Tom, as we get into, again, you mentioned earlier in the show, this post-Christian culture, um, that we really recognize that uh, there is actually um, uh, this great temptation for us to, uh, you know, forget about praying for the souls of the dead or that, you know, the funeral is just for the mourners. It's not about the actual person who has died or there's nothing meritorious or actually happening when we gather together and pray for the, the souls of the deceased. Do not be deceived, brothers and sisters. We are body and soul composites, you know, that when, when a person dies, that, that it is our duty and responsibility to pray for the f- souls of the faithful departed, that it's not just about some mourning ritual, that our Christian faith has always given testimony to our hope for the resurrection of the dead. And when, when our souls will be reunited with our bodies at the glory of Christ's second coming. And so, you know, the onus is on us to pray for the souls of the faithful departed. And so we have a mass is offered for them. This All Souls Day is a particular day in the life of the church where we pray for all the souls of the faithful departed and that they may rest in peace and that through the glory of God and the power of Jesus' resurrection, they would be united to God in the glory of heaven. You know, and 
if you go and pay attention, which is difficult to do when you have small kids, but if you pay attention, every single mass, there's a portion of the mass where we're, we remember and we pray for those who have gone before us. And one uh, devotion that's been passed on to me is in that small moment, the, the priest usually just pauses very briefly. And if, uh, he pauses there to allow us in the pews to think and to call to mind. Uh, many of us have loved ones, maybe grandparents, maybe parents, brothers, sisters, uncles, friends um, that have passed on. And to call to mind these people and to offer the prayer um, for these people and offer the sacrifice that Father uh, of the Mass, that Father is offering to the Father, unite our own intentions to His. That this is the work of the people. The liturgy is means the work of the people, right? Mm-hmm. And um, so you can offer the prayer of the Mass. You can offer uh, your rosary. You can even offer different hardships that you're facing. Uh, maybe an ailment that you're dealing with. Maybe it's a coworker that uh, you have a hard time with somebody. Um, but all these things are meritorious and can be offered for people. We have a question on the phone um, who called in to the number 877-795-0122. Uh, Mark from Kansas. Mark, are you there? I am. Thank you for taking Hi, my Mark. call. Yeah, thanks for calling in. What is your question this morning for Father Tim? <clears throat> well, it, it's kind of a, a little bit of a backstory. I own a business, and my former pastor, I'm a, I'm a convert to the, to the faith this year, and uh, they advertised with my newspaper, um, and this goes back about seven years. And if they've not made a payment in a year on their bill, and the oldest invoice is about two years old, and it totals about $686. And so part of me really wants to, to go back and talk to my pastor and get in his face about you know his faith and everything and not paying his bills, and that's the tantamount to theft at this point that... And he can preach on Sunday and then not pay his bills to me at the rest of the week. But then part of me feels like I need to have a little bit of grace and write it off, except that that was they paid their bill fine for five or six years, and now all of a sudden they're not paying their bill. Mm-hmm. And so I just wondered, as, as, a, as a good Catholic, how I should handle this in a very Christian way to maintain my own walk of faith without slipping into the trappings of the worldly view of how to handle things. Well, that's a great question, Mark. And it sounds like uh, just even the sake of it being, you know, even removing it from the sake of it being a a church bill uh, or being, even though it is within the life of the Christian faith. um, So that being said, uh, there is a matter of justice that's at hand here. And so if we look at the virtue of justice, uh, which is, you can look it up in your catechism, Mark. I mean, there's a great, it, it really, when we think about it, um, if a work is being performed, there is just payment or due that's agreed upon to be paid for. And so I imagine uh, that there are invoices that are unpaid. Um, and so you have a documentary evidence of this sort of thing. Uh, I think right. in most most important encouragement I can give you, Mark, is to you know guard your heart from the spirit of anger. And so there's there's certainly the fact of justice, and you've articulated that well, that there is something. This happens within the life of the church between members and, and parishioners and, and people who work together, contractors, farmers, families, uh, property owners. Things like this happen among members of parishes. So we have listeners all over who might be in a similar situation, business owners. My parents were business owners, and I am aware of what that's like when they have unpaid bills 
that happen in the life of a community and how that can affect relationships with people with one another. And all that goes to that heart of that principle of justice, that there are certain acts of injustice. What we do want to guard ourselves against, and this is for your own encouragement, Mark, is that spirit of resentment or grudge bearing. And that's where Jesus in the Gospel of Matthew uh, gives us great encouragement as to not bear grudges with one another. And certainly, you know, not to have that, uh, you know, you know, that love for our enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. Pray for those who may perhaps have done wrong to you. Um, you know, do not just love those who pay your, their bills. You know, what reward would you would have? Even tax collectors do the same. You know, we're looking at, you know, the Gospel of Mark chapter 5, or uh, Matthew chapter 5. And so there's the encouragement for us how to, how to respond in the face of that injustice. But even the, uh, the Acts of the Apostles are full of, uh, even in the life in the early Christian community, where believers, uh, even in St. Paul's own writing, this Second Timothy, if you read all of Second Timothy, which we had at Mass, he just St. Paul talks about he was abandoned and one guy left him for go chase a, a probably a big job somewhere for a pile of money. He was in love with the worldly way of life. At the Mass, we get the nice rosy part. But if you read the rest of Second Timothy, it's a total mess for St. Paul. He had to deal with all sorts of people left him when he was arrested and all sorts of things. And so you can take mm-hmm. also solace in the fact that being a member of the Church doesn't also prevent us from getting in these sticky situations. Um, so my encouragement would be guard your heart from the spirit of grudge bearing and resentment. Pray for the person. And if no resolution can become, become and you've injustice, you've notified them, I would just say, let it go. Uh, cut your losses and pray for them. And don't let that grudge come up for you again. And when you do that in the presence of Jesus, God will keep you strong. And I know that as a as a wise and prudent business owner, God will bless you for what you've done on your part. Clean up your side of the street and, the, and God's will be done. And that other person may have uh, a, a spirit of repentance sometime in their life. And there might be a great work of grace in that and how they come to do that. And there might be other circumstances we're unaware of. Um, but that would be my biggest encouragement for you is guard your heart, be free from resentment. Thank you. God bless you, and I'm praying for you and your business, and uh, all those who are out there in similar situations, family members, people who have estate problems, that stuff happens a lot in families, and sometimes people stop talking to each other for years and years. So thanks for your question, Mark. It was a rich one, because Mm -hmm. this is something that gets in the stuff of human life, and I know there's listeners out there who probably have similar challenges, so guard our hearts. Let's let's be free from anger, and uh, and I got invoices on my desk that I got to deal with, too, Um, and sometimes we're work that needs to be done and sometimes work that needs to be paid for. Um, but let's all of us handle our business in truth and charity and God will lead us forward. Thanks for calling in today, Mark. Yeah, thanks, Thank Mark. You. And Mark called in this morning uh, by calling 877-795-0122. If you have a question um, that you would like to ask on our Straight Talk segment with Father Tim Smith, you can call that number as well, 877 you know, Father, what I really appreciated about your answer there is that the call to love, the call to be Christian, doesn't necessarily mean the call to be a pushover. Yeah. I mean, sometimes we kind of confuse those things, right? That we think we should just kind of love and, and mercy, and that means I never collect on an invoice. Well, if I did that, then I wouldn't be able to feed my family. And that's not true. I mean, the Christian life is also about justice, is about rending what's correct. And sometimes that can be really difficult. Um, but your advice about even in the midst of seeking the justice, even in the midst of 
um, sort of tension between unpaid bills of somebody or if somebody's in the wrong about something that um, so easily uh, anger or disappointment or uh, frustration can creep in and, and change the way that I see that relationship or I see that person. And so even in the midst of, um, of conflict, we still need to guard our hearts mm. and to really exhibit love. But at the same time, that doesn't necessarily mean being a pushover. And it takes time, you know, it takes time to sometimes let go of those past hurts or perhaps when an in, in injustice was done to us, it, it takes time to let that go, um, you know, and to ask for that spirit of true forgiveness. You know, another question people have sometimes is, how do I know if I've really forgiven them? And sometimes we hear the gospel passages where it's like, unless you have forgiven your brother from your heart, you shall not, you know, enter the glory of heaven, you know. And that gets a lot of people saying, I've prayed for years to get this forgiven, but mm-hmm. it still comes up when I see that person or that situation or every time this, we're coming up to the holidays, so Thanksgiving, Christmas, and there are times where people are like, I'm filled with tension when I go to this family function or this work gathering because I know this is hanging over me over the years. You know, you know. ultimately, we continue to be persistent in prayer with Jesus. We ask him for that strength and that grace. And that slowly over a period of time, sometimes we grow in this awareness. You know, my other thing, Thomas, is my work with people in the 12-step movements, you know, people in recovery uh, from addictions or alcoholism or gambling, and that's something I've been involved with in my ministry because these are people that are members of the church, but they're also going through these conversion experiences in their life. Mm -hmm. And those 12 steps give very great details on how people do have to be accountable to make justice and make restitution and to make an amends, not just a simple, I'm sorry will do, but through their own actions, their words, and then also taking care of past bills, taking care of things where they've done wrong in the past. And that's how people's lives are changed. That's why those those recovery programs have been so effective for people, because it does help them and give them a path forward to bring about justice, while at the same time have a deeper relationship with God. And, and for many of them, they become greater Catholics and members of the church because they've had that great conversion experience. You know, so, many, so much of this, I think, is hinged on our growth of virtue and the different virtues that we've talked about of justice, of prudence, um, of right judgment, of wisdom, of knowing these. Because a lot of times some of these things aren't black and white. You know, should you collect on this bill or should you forgive it? I, you know, you really got to pray for the, the spirit or the virtue of justice and prudence so that God can direct your actions. Most of all, what we want to be is connected to the will of God. If you have a question, we have a few minutes left. Um, you can call in to our number here, 877-795-0122. That's 877-795-0122. You can get one last question in here on Straight Talk this morning with Father Tim Smith, and I'm Thomas Escrow. There was a question a little bit came just through the uh, the online forum, Tom, about uh, what happens if you're praying one of these 54-day novenas and then rosaries, and then you miss a day, you know? <laughs> what happens then, you know? Start over. No. <laughs> you know, well, my encouragement would be, you know, one thing, it's when, when it comes into praying, uh, you know, indulgence prayers, novenas, I would say the same thing for one of these 33-day Marian consecrations, um, that, uh, you know, the biggest question is this, 
did I intend to skip a day? Mm -hmm. Did I say, I'm not praying the rosary today? Or did I say, I'm not going to do it? There may be circumstances that prevented you from doing it. Could be as simple as a memory lapse, even though you're a very strong person of faith. You know, one thing to be mindful of is that sometimes there are, are people, we may have had listeners who at times in the past struggled with um, this challenge called scrupulosity, where a person became too overwhelmed. Did I pray the prayers rightly? Did I not pray them good enough? And that can actually be very challenging. There's some saints who have struggled with that, with that tendency in the life of their faith. My encouragement would be this. You're in good faith. Begin again. Continue to pray. That's one of the great encouragements from uh, Venerable Bruno Lanteri, founder of the Oblates of the Virgin Mary. And, and, and Father Lanteri would always say, begin again. Just begin again. And let the Lord and do that. And, and the, the Blessed Virgin Mary, our Mother in Heaven, she will watch over you and protect you. And do not be scrupulous. Do not be overly worried or concerned about that. Just continue these works of prayer. And when you meet your Father in Heaven and, and live a righteous and upright life, life, you know, you can be assured that you will be blessed for these great works and that God will hear your prayers and answer them according to his will. Yeah. One of the things that really comes to my mind with that question is, and, and this happens for all of us, right? It happens for me all the time, confusing the face of God. Is God sort of this eternal judge that's like ticking off your 54-day novena? I'm like, you missed day 33. Start over or burn forever. No, that's not God at all, right? God is a loving Father. And really, all of it's great. grace is free. Grace is a free gift of God's life to us. And in uh, rejoicing and receiving that gift of grace, we offer our prayers uh, for ourselves and for our family, for our intentions back to the Father who loves you, who loves you eternally and immensely beyond anything you can ask or imagine. And so God is not a harsh judge. He's a loving Father. Thanks very much. This has been the end of our uh, Real Presence Radio call-in segment, Real Presence Live. Uh, just want to thank you for listening to us. Thanks for being with us on the show today. Up next, we have our Prayerfully Yours segment, and we'll be praying for those who have had questions about our faith, those who have needs and prayer intentions. My name is Father Tim Smith. And I'm Thomas Escrow. We'll be right back broadcasting live from Sacred Heart Church right here on Real Presence Live. <laughs> 